Hello and welcome to Queering Eve, a spoiler-free podcast about the TV show Killing Eve made by some queers. Hi, I'm Nina and I'm the one who's gonna miss doing this. Oh, Yeah, I've just been thinking about this a lot lately. I really enjoy this. It's gonna be over soon. <laughs> womp womp. Womp womp. We are almost at the finish line. Hi, I'm Tamara, and I'm the one who told her hairdresser that I want a mullet that doesn't look like a mullet, <laughs> and then every person I see, I tell them, it's a mullet! <laughs> <laughs> um, love that. <laughs> <laughs> it looks great. Thank you. Hi, I'm Nea, and I'm the one who went outside today um, and then was reminded that I have allergies. Mm. I really forgot. <laughs> I was last reminded <laughs> two days ago. <laughs> uh, it's great to have a working brain. <laughs> Queering. Today we are talking about season 4, episode 7 of Killing Eve, called Making Dead Things Look Nice. I did a little throwback and I didn't write down who directed and wrote it. <laughs> Good job. You have it, right? Of course, yeah. Okay. It was directed by Stella Corradi, with whom we're already familiar. And it was written by Sarah Simmons, who is new. She is another playwright, that's mm -hmm. a thing with this mm -hmm. show, and she is very cute. Oh! <laughs> mm -hmm. Check her out on IMDb. <laughs> sure, we'll do that. <laughs> Although, I disagree with the decision that they had some random new person do one before last episode, but we will get into that. Mm -hmm. I mean, now it's time for general impressions, is that the time to do that? I think this is the episode I like the least in the entire season. Ooh. It just... The first time I watched it, I really disliked it. Because it just had some parts that were really awkward to me. And at the same time, it kind of felt weirdly like a filler episode. And it's one mm -hmm, episode mm -hmm, before the mm -hmm. final one. And I just think that... I, I, I've seen other series do this where they want to resolve everything in the last episode. And I think that is just bad. Mm -hmm. You should do it before or at mm -hmm. least start really resolving it before. Um, so now I'm kind of not so excited for the final episode. I mean, anything could be redeemed. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I'm not. Like the second time I watched it, I liked it more, but still not. Yeah, I wasn't impressed, unfortunately. I feel very similarly. I liked it more on the second watch. I didn't hate it on the first watch, and I don't think it's my least favorite of the season, or at least I haven't really reflected upon that. But yeah, I just did not enjoy this. It felt a bit disappointing, like you said, for the second to last episode. Oh my god, it's the second to last episode. <laughs> yeah. I really like it when shows have the second to last episode of a season to be basically the finale, and then the last episode is kind of resolving that, and I know that Killing Eve doesn't do that, and generally it has great last episodes. But yeah, this one just made me nervous for how the show is going to end. 
I didn't know how I feel until just now when you both described it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think when I watched it first, I was just like, kind of, I felt overwhelmed. Mm. <laughs> maybe by other things, maybe by this as well. And didn't really have thoughts. And now I just finished watching it just literally before we started recording. And I felt like... Oh, I haven't had time to decide how I like it. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe there is a reason. Like if I really liked <laughs> it, I would have known. Yeah. But also if I really hated it, I would have known as well. So it's like kind of neutral for me. Um, But I do agree that it feels like a filler episode. And at the same time, this episode is already trying to resolve too many things. And it does make me worry about the finale. But I'm not complete. I haven't like completely given up hope yet. <laughs> I still think it could be really good. I mean, we will have even Villanelle together finally in the final episode. So, well, <laughs> there's still hope for they fucking die. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we start on Guns Island. Um, so we see a man that is in a boat and we are like, who is this? This is someone we know. It's someone important. Who is it? I still can't see. Who is it? And it's just a man. <laughs> did you also have this experience? No. Oh, okay. Well, I did because you were saying it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> There is no objective reality. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so this man is just in the boat and he is looking at porn. The only thing he brought for entertainment is one porn magazine. I thought you were going to say one porn. <laughs> one porn. <laughs> at the same time, Villanelle is waking up in a barn um, and she is faced with a beautiful goat boy. <laughs> um, but she doesn't trust him, I think. Is that mm -hmm. what's happening? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And we get a little lovely shot of the outside of Gun's hut. It's pretty. And then somehow this man... Just falls out? It looks like he <laughs> falls out of the boat. Yeah, like something kind of thumps against his boat, but not very hard. And then he just jumps out. <laughs> That's how it's, it looks. <laughs> and it was just Gun doing some hunting. <laughs> yep. This time for a human. And because he's been killing her fish and trespassing. And that has to be punished by death. Yes. Yes. So Gun is dragging this man up to her house. And Villanelle sees this. And then Villanelle observes interestedly as Gun does things. Fillets him. Well, yeah. First, Villanelle asks what Gun is gonna do to this guy after Gun has her monologue about why he deserves to mm -hmm, suffer and mm -hmm. die. And Gun says that she's gonna fillet him. Yeah, she does say it like that. And she is French, so... Yep. <laughs> yeah, I was... <laughs> thinking about that what <laughs> <laughs> and then gun does that she cuts into the guy who is still alive so we hear him suffer mm -hmm. and then she cuts him so much that she 
takes out some of his internal organs and that's it. That's filleting. Yeah, she gets him and then she's like, this is good. No further preparation needed. (laughs) While Villanelle is looking at Gunn murdering and gutting this guy, there's a song playing. And there's a lot of lyrics and who cares, but just... (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Just the, the one lyric that I heard and... Um, enjoyed is feeling no remorse for my actions is rather peaceful that makes a lot of sense for what's happening here yeah mm-hmm. very appropriate i enjoyed it hmm. um so then gun goes on a hunt and villanelle joins her yay yeah. also villanelle is pretty impressed with gun's filleting skills well at certain <laughs> point she looks kind of disgusted but also she is very interested and yeah exactly yeah, yeah it's i think she's impressed because she's disgusted mm-hmm, by it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah fair point yeah mm. then we go to a completely different setting which is eve looking very put together <laughs> first we think that she's the one shopping that she's for some reason pretending to be a fancy mm-hmm. much money l- lady but then we realize that she's just carrying bags of someone else yeah who i guess she is protecting for her job this is what a part of her job looks like <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 we find that out in the next scene which is at her hotel room where yusuf and her talk about it. Yusuf unlocked Elen's phone with his magic skills, and they have a little chat. Yeah, they have this perplexing chat, at least it's perplexing to me, where Yusuf says that Eve completed the mission. Right? By killing Elen. Everyone's acting like that was everyone's mission, and now they're all done. Yes, it's so strange. It goes completely against everything we learned in this season. They're supposed to kill all of the 12 and Elena was just like a lackey. But Lars, I think that one was even more important. Oh, right. I keep forgetting about (laughs) Lars. (laughs) Like that one actually kind of makes sense, but they do only mention Elena. Yeah, yeah. They're mostly talking about Elena. So what they decide on is that Eve needs a new mission. But... First, karaoke. Yusuf wants Eve to have fun at least once in a legal way. Legal fun. That's what Yusuf (laughs) wants. Don't we all? And he does a little performance to get Eve to agree and Eve thinks this is fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's so embarrassing for (laughs) both of them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I accept it. I accept it. He also says that he puts the F in fun. Thoughts? I agree with Eve. It's a terrible line. I didn't even fucking get it. I think it's because his name ends in F. Huh. I think that's a stretch. I think he just said something. Mm -hmm. As someone who sometimes just says something, (laughs) I think that's what's Uh, happening here. (laughs) Yeah. Also plausible. Okay, but before we go to karaoke, let's see a little bit of a hunt. Just a brief glimpse into Gunn's and Villanelle's reality. Yeah, we just get Gunn saying that it could take 10 minutes or 10 hours. (laughs) And I think it's more of a 10 minute kind of thing from what I gather. (laughs) But before we figure that one out, we go to the karaoke. 
So even Yusuf are karaokeing, and God, the sound editing is so weird. It is the, very uh, weird in all it's... these scenes. I don't know what happened. Like the, they accidentally destroy all the sound <laughs> recordings, <think> or so. <laughs> were there was their singing just so bad that it was unlistenable, <laughs> and they had to fix it somehow. It was just terrible, truly terrible. Yeah, I, I mean, this whole scene is kind of strange, but I guess yes, the sound editing is the thing that it's making it so weird. Anyway, then Eve is gonna do on Yusuf's request chandelier. Yes, and he chooses this for her, but he claimed that he wants her to have fun. In what universe is chandelier a fun song? And <laughs> it's not fun to sing either. I mean, it's just, you know, a song that's literally about like, Drinking and doing drugs because you want to die. That's what it's about. Fun, fun, fun. As someone mm-hmm. who does not know the song, I was just like, what's up with this random song? <laughs> <laughs> I know we don't like Sia, but I did really enjoy this song when it came out. I tried to do it for karaoke once. <laughs> it is really hard. It is really, yeah. really hard. yeah. And here we get just like a little scene of Eve actually singing it. And then mm-hmm. it's even weirder because we go back to just like mismatched video and audio. Mm-hmm. And this, I guess, is supposed to be like an emotional peak of the episode where she is singing and gets into it. And then she sees people in her life that have been lost or whatever because of the 12 and it doesn't do much for me. Like, we see Nico, okay? We see Bill and his wife. Yeah, that one I feel more for than the Nico thing. But still, like, I don't know. It, something about this scene just doesn't make me want to cry. And I feel like this should make me want to cry. It's the sound editing. Mm, we see <laughs> Elena, which is good for me. <laughs> that worked. Mm-hmm. That that made me be like, okay, this is worth it. She looks great. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, that's. Meh. I just think that this whole episode had a lot of scenes that were supposed to be very emotional, and they did nothing for yes. me. Yes, like it's not that <laughs> I don't really, I don't exactly watch Killing Eve to get super emotional, but still, like some of these scenes were supposed to be a lot more and they just gave me nothing. Yeah. I generally have a lot of emotions about the show. That's why I am on a podcast about it. Mm, mm, but mm. yeah, this one this just did not make me feel stuff. Yeah. So some notes on this scene. First, I would say a big part of why it doesn't work is the sound editing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I agree, it just does not deliver. And then also part of why is that I was just confused looking at these people Mm -hmm. because Nico is totally out of character. He's Mm -hmm. just like singing passionately along. It's weird and I don't like it. Elena is great though. She looks like she's happy and she's like proud of Eve for singing or something and that's really nice but the main thing is there's no Kenny I guess they couldn't get the actor that plays Kenny for this scene but it's real weird I have a feeling like they just took an old scene and this isn't recorded for this season 
No, no, no. Because no. they did go to karaoke once at that time. I also thought like there was another person in the scene. Like I saw just like a half of the face of another person, mm-hmm. but maybe it was just one of the existing people from another angle or something. But no, because it was like, yeah, there was another person who was sitting on Elena's left and we only get to see like his ear. Yeah. Another reason why I thought this was just an old scene mm. from season one. Mm. So Eve also doesn't like this scene. <laughs> um, and uh, You know when you get a panic attack because you don't like a scene? <laughs> sometimes I'm really furious with like the sound editing of my life and, <laughs> you know, I mm-hmm. just get upset. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, she goes outside to have a little panic attack. And then Yusuf follows her to have another genius conversation. She says that she thinks she made a mistake about all of it. Yeah, what what is she referring to? I mean, I assume everything that we've seen on this show. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, all of the things I've done since season one. Come on, Yusuf. (laughs) (laughs) Help me. And then he says some confusing things. First, he's like... Hashtag it gets better. (laughs) And then the way he explains this is he says that the last time he went to murder people in a foreign country, Mm. only seven of his buddies came back and only three are still alive. So I'm assuming the implication here is that four committed suicide. Yep. And this is... Him explaining to Eve that it will get easier. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this is him explaining that it's all about choices. Like, yeah. he made a choice. Okay, I first know, of all, but... Yusuf, I do not feel sorry for you. Second of <laughs> all, he's saying that he made a choice to to continue his life despite this super trauma. And she can do so too. I know, but he literally says it gets easier Four of my friends killed themselves. <laughs> Don't you just love it when people say, hey, it's just a choice to feel better. You just have to choose yeah. to feel good. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. He literally, this is literally the, avi- the advice he gives her. Just eat 500 oranges and you won't have <laughs> depression. <laughs> it's infuriating. Yeah, and Eve says, what if I don't want to? Move on. Yeah. And he's like, well, whatever you do next, you can choose. Because he's like, I don't, I don't have anything else to add. That's the only advice that I had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he kisses her forehead and leaves. Bye, Yusuf is my note here. <laughs> we will never see you again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that this was like him officially announcing that he will not be in the finale. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. Um, but I have another little note about the scene before, and that's that at some point he tells her that she just has to find the parts of her life that she enjoys, and she comments to him with threesomes and protein shakes, and the subtitles say three songs and protein <laughs> shakes. <laughs> oh my god. Literally, I did not get this, and now I understand what she was talking about. (laughs) Same, yeah. I was relying too much on the subtitles. I don't know if this is just on HBO where we are watching this, but oh boy. 
What do you prefer? Free suns or free songs or protein shakes? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think the main takeaway from this scene is that Yusuf tells her that she gets to choose what she does next. And that's just to explain to us that going to Villanelle is a choice she makes. Let's go to Margate. Margate. In Margate, Constantine is sleeping, I suppose, and he gets a call, which he thinks is... Um, All of the telemarketing combined. <laughs> yes. And I think it's just hilarious that somehow telemarketing supposedly has a phone number of a, the 12 <laughs> associate. <laughs> Are they supposed to only call you if... Like they legally get your number and not just call random <laughs> random people. I don't know. Anyway. I also thought that it was hilarious that he wakes up and the first thing he says is something this overwritten. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I mean, this whole scene is horrible. Mm -hmm. yeah. Just bad. But who was calling him? Irina. I'm still not over the fact that like I say her name in such a uh, voice because seriously, I loved her so much in season one. And then mm. <sighs> it's not Irina's fault. It's the writers because this scene <laughs> is just so badly written. Mm -hmm. What we learned from it is that Irina is out of detention and that Elaine specifically got her out and got her to work for the 12. Because Elaine suddenly is the only person that does anything yeah. in the 12 and for the yeah, 12. But yeah. that doesn't matter. What matters is that Irina wants to rub this into Constantine's face and f Constantine is not happy. And we are just trying to tie up loose ends of Constantine before he dies. Yeah. We get two things here, actually. One is that we get like a little explanation about what happens to Irina so that we can't say that this was like a plot line that got lost. Now it was beautifully finished. <laughs> beautifully, yes. <laughs> He let his daughter rot in hospital. And the other thing is, like you said, Tamara, getting Constantine to do his thing before he dies. And his thing is that he tells Irina that it's a bad idea, that she's working for the 12 and that... Actually, she is not free, even though she got out of the hospital. And it's like, I think it took me this long to kind of get annoyed with it. But I'm annoyed that this is literally Constantine's only plot this whole season. It's just telling everyone he meets that the 12 are bad yeah. and that they shouldn't work for the 12. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, then he looks like he's gonna get a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> That's just his face. <laughs> yeah, he so can I just complain very shortly about the writing in this episode? Just because I think this Please episode do. was definitely the worst. And I understand that no one that wrote this season wrote Irina, I think. Um, so I guess anyone would have not been the best person for the job but I still think that getting someone who never wrote for Killing Eve and basically never wrote for television to write your one to last episode of the series is a bad idea on top of that you had a lot of 
callbacks from previous seasons. It would just make a lot more sense if instead they got someone that maybe was writing for season one or two. Yeah, like there are lots of good things about having a different um a different showrunner each season, but there are also bad things and this yeah. is where we see the downside. So it's not like just one person that's responsible for this, but like the decision to have this person write is I think a bad one. Yeah, we have nothing against this person because she is cute. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she could have written, like, I don't know, episode two. I would have been totally fine mm. with that. Mm. And then we go to a new location. <laughs> Who would have thought? Who would have think it? <laughs> so, have you ever been to Salzburg? Yes. Once. Yes. Somehow, only once. <laughs> and it was with me. Yes, Naya. Oh. <laughs> we went to an Anna Calvi concert. It was in a very small space with a lot of old mm -hmm. men that thought that Anna Calvi is straight. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, I didn't oh, ask them individually, but I'm <laughs> certain. <laughs> yeah, it was a really nice concert. Yeah. Um, very strange, but nice. Um, I've also been to Salzburg, but like, only I think as a little stop on a road trip, like just, ah, yes, we're in this area. Let's just check it out for an hour and then go. <laughs> so yeah. I didn't actually go anywhere. So what's happening in Salzburg in this beautiful show is that we are inside of a hotel and there's Carolyn, who is reading Lars's slash Johan's notebook. Um, and then a character from Game of Thrones brings her a drink and talks about birds at her. Um, and she says that she's more of a giraffe person. And he's just like there being weird and suspicious, right? Yeah. Um, at her. <laughs> and then he says the line, it's an incredible feeling being inches from what you've been looking for. Which is like obviously some kind of, hey, hint, hint, I know who you are and what you're doing, which is great assassin behavior <laughs> when you're trying to poison someone. Yeah, I was just thinking like, he is not a good assassin, huh? <laughs> no, maybe that was his job, to be a terrible assassin. <laughs> mm, he was much better at it in Game of Thrones. <laughs> Highburn, come on, get it together. Or the 12th standards are really falling. <laughs> it's very chaotic in there. <laughs> and then Vlad and his pals come in. Because <laughs> absolutely everyone knows where Carolyn is. <laughs> yeah. Like, to an inch. Mm -hmm. And she asks Vlad if he wants to have Wiener Schnitzel with her. And then in another food place, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we have Pam and Constantine. Best friends! Pam is in such a great outfit. She looks so good in it. It's perfect. Pam saved this. I mean, saved. Saved is a heavy word, but she was the only good thing about this episode. I agree. Yeah. Well, I think there are two good things about this yeah, episode. Yeah, okay, not and the only yeah. thing, but like watching her... I genuinely enjoyed it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, same. Anyway, she's just sitting there in her great outfit with mm -hmm. Constantine, who gets her hot chocolate. While looking as angry Santa Claus. 
<laughs> Konstantin is preoccupied thinking about Irina and he does not want to do his job and he does not want Pam to do her job. <laughs> so he tells her to go have fun because she is yeah. young. I wish I were young and had fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but alas. We are all so old. <laughs> Too old for fun. Too old yes. for fun, exactly. Yes. No hobbies anymore. Nope. Only take care of children and work. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and sleep. Yes. <laughs> so back in Salzburg, Vlad and Caroline have acquired a table to sit at. And Vlad names all the things and people that Caroline has betrayed. <laughs> These being... Russia, mm. him, mm. and even her own country. Oh, how dare she? Which is the second time that someone has said this to Carolyn. In such a, like, way where they're obviously judging her for it. And I'm just like, yeah, go Carolyn. Yeah. Also, I just don't get why we even care about Vlad. Like, why does yeah. he matter? Truly. We, because we have to tie up that loose end of Carolyn... Leaving Russia. Yes. And that <sighs> being frowned upon. Whatever, okay. And then... Carolyn confirms my circle theory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess the main reason that Vlad is there is so that Carolyn can talk at someone about the Twelve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He is the Gerald <laughs> yes, of this episode. Exactly. <laughs> and we learn what Carolyn learned from that notebook that she got off Lars. Well, first she says that, as we already know, the 12 work in separate cells, but the leaders of the 12 do meet occasionally. And what she's trying to do is to figure out where they are meeting based on uh, the notes in Lars's um, notebook. Because Lars was one of those leaders and he has a bunch of dates in his notebook that Carolyn assumes are the, the dates of the meetings. And next to some of them, there is the barn swallow, which is a national bird of Austria. So logically she just came to the <laughs> first place named the barn swallow <laughs> no no she went to the place that has the most decorations <laughs> of the barn swallow <laughs> yeah um, um yeah um indeed yeah um that i just want to say um <laughs> she does also comment that out of all the people that she knew in the 12, or as she says it, she learned about when she first heard of the 12. Um, <laughs> Lars Mayer was the only one supposedly working for the 12 now still, um, because everyone else was either dead or a civilian. And the other thing I want to say is that they get their food and it seems like they did order schnitzel. <laughs> and the schnitzel comes like with a little lemon slice, like how mm-hmm. it's supposed to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Vlad is very impressed with Carolyn's knowledge. And he <laughs> says, they must have been drunk when they fired you. Wait, he says, 
you all, you really were always the best. And he says that when she reveals that she came to this hotel because it's decorated with swallows. I know, it's incredible. And, but like this bad conversation continues with, yes, him being like, oh, why would they fire you? Them being MI6. Yes. And him saying that inspires Carolyn to be like, Damn, this may not be the place, but surely that will be too brazen. And she writes down in the notebook, MI6 pub. Yeah. And I wish, like, we got, like, a hint of why we were supposed to know that. I'm sure we have learned something about it, but just, like, a little flashback or, like, a word of explanation or something. Like, truly, I've got no idea what kind of connection MI6 pub has with barn swallows. I just hope that it has been mentioned and we just don't remember. Because <laughs> there's a non-zero chance that um, we just learned about this. Yep. Anyway, Vlad is like, well, this was nice, but as you know, we must now murder you <laughs> um, because you betrayed us. And she offers him to take that other bird guy instead <laughs> because obviously he was not capable of taking them both <laughs> um, they only had one seat in the car actually they, they, there were three of them right <laughs> uh, so yeah he's like cool I'll do that and then we get another short scene of the hunt this time with Gunn and Villanelle looking at some wild boars, but then hearing another sound and going after that. Now let's go to a pair that I enjoy more. Mm -hmm. At least I enjoyed this scene more than the previous one. Therapy! Therapy! Yes! We have Eve with Martin, and Eve is so cute in this scene. (laughs) She just like makes these faces and the way she talks, at least in the beginning, it's Mm -hmm. very cute. She's, like, obviously not quite comfortable with asking for help. Mm-hmm. But I am proud of her for doing it. Mm-hmm. Even though Martin is only there because he feels like he has to return <laughs> her favor for saving his life that one time. Mm-hmm. Therapy is really expensive. Maybe it's just easier to save a therapist's life and that's how you get <laughs> therapy. <laughs> so we have a scene that basically brings us to the same conclusion as the scene with Yusuf already did. It makes the same points, but it is more entertaining and it's nice. It is. And we, yes, we get like basically the same point of that scene. And we also get the same story from the Salzburg scene because Eve says, what does it matter if the cells keep dividing and it's endless? Now we're just talking about the cells of the Twelve. <laughs> huh. I didn't even catch that. I thought it was interesting on its own mm. that she was talking about it. Oh, to me, it was just like, ah, oh, yes, we mentioned Gun once and now she's in all the scenes. And then, ah, yes, we mentioned the cells and then we're just going to mention them again. But what she means by it is that she doesn't, that she doesn't understand what the point is of being alive because she has done everything that she set out to do and now she has no goals. And Martin teaches us that, yeah, life sucks, but what you have to do is enjoy the little things. Um, An important thing that Martin learns in this scene is that Eve killed a man. (laughs) 
<laughs> and it took me so long to realize who Eve is even talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I just I could hooked. not remember who she murdered. There was like, <laughs> I, I mean, that. there was this one guy in season two, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah Lars was the worst so Martin is like I feel like because Eve and Villanelle are dating he thinks that Eve would also murder him for like the smallest thing or like he's afraid of that happening so he's just like I'm going with it <laughs> well also like when you are doing therapy you're not supposed to judge the other person actually like she says I killed a man and he's like I can't like trying to tell her that she can't tell him all the crimes that she yeah. did because he is like he has to report them. He yeah, he legally has to report them and she's like, No, don't worry, he was awful. <laughs> like really awful. Yeah. She's like, everything that I wanted to do, I did, and I really thought that I would die along the way, so I didn't plan what my life would look like after that. And yeah, she's in a crisis because so much of her life was just over now <laughs> for some reason and she's lost she doesn't know where to go from here well what she learns is that the point of life is to know yourself <laughs> but don't worry about that right now right now what she should do is go to the people who love her and understand her and know her soul and this brings a tear to her cheek from her eye <laughs> Is it not? <laughs> you know how you bring a tear. So yeah, Martin uh -huh. also ships Villeneuve, which yes. is cool of him. He is very progressive. Yeah, <laughs> since Villeneuve tries to kill him. <laughs> also, I want to say that at one point when Eve is saying all of these things, she starts looking at the camera, and I thought this was just yeah. the fucking worst. Why did you do that? It's so annoying. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed it as well. Probably because it was extremely noticeable. <laughs> no, I disagree. Like, I have seen movies or TV shows where, like, a character breaks the fourth wall. But it can be totally effective. Oh, I thought, I think this was not even, like, intentionally breaking the fourth yeah, wall. Yeah. It was just meant to see, like, meant to show us how close to Martin's face Eve <laughs> got. And it was completely wrong for its intention. Yes, if you want to see a good way of breaking the fourth wall, go watch another Phoebe Waller-Bridge mm, show. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I also kind of thought that it wanted us to suddenly think that Eve is um, saying these things to us. That's definitely mm. how I watched it. I mean, either way, it's bad. Yeah. Like, yeah. If yeah. you're correct, it's just as bad. God, this episode. Why? Why? You were... <sighs> this... Yeah. Remember the three episodes that were great? God, yeah. <laughs> Good times. So, back to the forest for a little bit. Villanelle and Gun got a sheep, maybe? Yeah, that's how it looked like to me. Which we now know is better than a wild boar. Mm-hmm. So Gunn asks Villanelle who was the person that was cradling her on the street. And Villanelle says it was nobody. And then Gunn has some comment about how people can 
rot you and you gotta cut out the rot and then she cuts off the sheep's leg and like is that implying that they caught a rotten sheep sheep somehow <laughs> no god no in margate pam is hanging out and she gets an e-postcard from the 12 <laughs> saying margate and then sunday funday something like that anyway there's just like a code that tells her who is she's supposed to kill. I don't fucking know how she got it from that one line, but she got it. Um, so yeah, um, Pam gets a message about her next kill, but she decides that before she gets on that, she wants to hang out with her guy. Derek. So Derek can't hang out because he's been promoted. He's now working at Holy Hog. <laughs> Yes, and Derek is very bad at cutting this meat, so Pam is going to help him out. Because apparently being a uh, mortician makes you good at cutting meat? Well, as she says, and as is the title of this episode, it's all about making dead things look nice. That's a very cute date. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Illegally helping someone at work. Yes. <laughs> I would not want to be on that date, but I like it for someone else. <laughs> Just free labor. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we go to Scotland again. So here Villanelle asks Gunn if she gets lonely. And Gunn says that no, because she has animals and that's all she needs. People suck. And this reminds me of the conversation that Villanelle has in the second season with Aaron Peel when they're trying to relate about being psychopaths. <laughs> and he says something about wanting to watch people, but like not connecting with them. And she's like, what? No, I really like connecting with people. Basically, I'm very much paraphrasing that. Uh, <laughs> that is not Villanelle's voice <laughs> at all. But yeah, so I think we see here again of like this distinction where she's relating to someone and then she sees, oh no, we're different about this. I do actually need to be around people. Hmm. Yeah. So the conversation that they have is as follows. Villanelle asks Gunn why she wanted Ellen dead. So when she was young, her whole village died. And because of that, she moved to the city. And she didn't like it in the city. And then Ellen gifted her an island. And this just makes it sound like the only possible way she could have exited the city was by starting to work for the 12. <laughs> yeah. So that's all true. And then we actually get to the answer, which is that she just recently realized that Elaine was just using her. Yeah, that's such a cheap answer. Yeah. Also, what? Like, did you just realize that you're working for her? Is that what happened? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, confused. it does not make sense. Yeah, it does not make any sense. It also, like, you've been doing this for so long. Like, you were trained by Constantine before Villanelle was, and you just realized that now. And also, what did you realize? How did you realize it? <laughs> yeah. You asked too many questions. <laughs> I just, it didn't mean anything. I, I thought, like, I feel like 
a better answer would have just been, you know, just for yeah. jokes. <laughs> like she annoyed me too much. Hated yeah. her lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I heard her like she thought she hung up on me, but actually I heard her say that I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh wow um i thought you were just saying that but that actually happened yes <laughs> i never just say things <laughs> in the same episode i say that i'm a person who just says things <laughs> um i thought why this was there is so that villanelle can be like yeah you're right she was just using it so then we can kind of retcon that this was villanelle's reason <laughs> why she didn't want to kill anymore last season because mm-hmm. when we were trying to be very charitable about the whole <laughs> season three we were like maybe the reason villanelle didn't want to kill is because she didn't like anymore that the 12 are just telling her what to do when she has to do it and this like gives us the opportunity to believe that that's what happened. Anyway, so this story ends with Gunn admitting that she killed the village. Yep. Haha, and Villanelle is into it. Also, this scene is just like another scene where it's like, yeah, Elaine was the main bad guy. <laughs> it's Elaine. Elaine was just holding us back. Um, Elaine was the one who was just using me. It's all her fault. Everyone is actually working for <laughs> Elaine. Yeah. It's interesting how this season, I feel like, at the same time, tries to make it all about Elaine. And also it has shown us Elaine is just like a small piece here that yeah. doesn't even matter. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Eve is taking down her red string board because... <laughs> By Ellen's death, everything was resolved, <laughs> and she no longer feels any desire to kill the Twelve. And then Ellen's phone buzzes, and she gets a text, and the text is a picture of a barn swallow. So when Eve sees this message, she's like, huh, wait, I do still care. And she goes to the only person that she knows that could help her, which is Constantine. And she knocks on his door and apologizes for shooting him. Finally. Yes, to tie up that loose end. Yes, and she only apologizes basically so that she can ask him about the bird photo. And Constantine says, I swear to God you women will be the death of me. Well, he <sighs> does not know any men, so... <laughs> In this case... <laughs> Oh, I wasn't, I wasn't sighing like, ugh, misogyny, but like, oh no, one of these women will be uh, the death okay, of him in okay, his okay. next okay. scene. Okay. Yes. So when Eve shows him this photo, he immediately knows something is up. And then she asks him what it is. And he says, it's a picture of a bird, which I enjoyed. Yeah. I also recognized that. <laughs> And then he tells her that the 12 have gone digital and that it's a postcard. That means there's gonna be a meeting. He also like immediately (laughs) figured it all out. But he didn't figure out the part where this is in the MI6 pub. (laughs) For that, Eve will have to go to Villanelle. Duh. Duh. (laughs) This makes complete sense. Villanelle, who is lower in the ladder than... well. 
whatever. No. Everyone just ships even yeah. then else so much and <laughs> yeah. so the so much that they're all sending Eve to her. They're just making shit up to send her to Villanelle. Literally, like, none of the reasons that any of these guys have sent <laughs> Eve to Villanelle made sense. <laughs> Not a one. <laughs> well, in this instance, I don't fucking care. I just yeah. want her to go there. Yeah. But on the other hand, yeah. I'm like, Eve has been so invested in Villanelle this whole time. Why isn't her wish to go to her enough? For me, it's enough. Yeah. Anyway, Constantine gives her a note just like he had to do with Villanelle because I guess you can't say <laughs> Fisgar, Fisgar. Maybe he just doesn't know how to yeah. pronounce Fisgar Island like me. Probably. So he always Probably. has to write it down. I guess that, yeah. I guess. So he tells her that she should find Villanelle to figure out the bird image. And Eve says she doesn't want to see me. And then Constantine sh says that whatever she does, she shouldn't do it alone. So I guess what she's say he's saying is not that Villanelle will help her, but that she should just do whatever with Villanelle because he ships them. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because like none of this makes sense. The only thing that makes sense is that all of these people want them to fuck. Yep. And mm -hmm. Same. They Yeah, as you said, they're just making shit up. Yep. <laughs> Yay. So in the same city, meanwhile, Pam is working. At this point, Pam already knows she will kill Constantine. Yes. So he yes, comes to same. her little stand and asks her if they can talk. And no, she can't talk. She doesn't want to talk. And he mentions that circumstances have changed for the better. Um, so he leaves and Pam looks... Tortured. Pensive, I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then we get something that is very common for this season. So a short scene of Carolyn. <laughs> Here she is leaving the bird place and she sees that Vlad is taking the bird guy mm -hmm. and he gives her a look. It is indeed a look. Then another very short scene of Eve frantically getting on a plane. Cool. Because now that she knows she has to get Villanelle, she has to do it as soon as possible. Yep. Yeah, now that three men told her that she <laughs> should go to Villanelle, she's finally doing it. I always wait for three men to tell me to do something before I do it. <laughs> God, that, that would just mean that I wouldn't, would never do anything. Yes. I don't know three men. Yes. <laughs> and then we have the thing that is my pet peeve in this oh, show, which laughing. is cutting to two people laughing at something and we didn't get to hear the joke because somebody didn't want to write it. What happens in this scene besides them laughing is also them kissing. Yes. It's hot. This is the second thing that I liked about this episode. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, the, their makeout sesh is... Um, Hot. Yeah, it's a very, very, very good kiss. Mm -hmm. It's very good. It's very mm -hmm. close-up. <laughs> mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Good camera yeah. work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> good kissing work. Yeah, good kissing work, exactly. Great kissing labor. Yeah. It was <laughs> it was also I had the thought of so 
If you met your clone, would you fuck them? Mm. <laughs> no. Yes. Villanelle would. Of course. Villanelle would. <laughs> that was never Renea, a question. Renea, you did not answer the question? Um, I would also not. Okay. And yeah, I know that we get hints throughout this episode before this kiss that this is not the right place for Villanelle and all that. But at this point, this still felt right to me. It, it was felt, good. Yeah. It felt yeah. good and correct that they would kiss. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be nice for Villanelle to have some fun there. Yeah, she's just, she's exploring this new world. She's exploring the only person there that she can have sex with, which <laughs> makes total sense. Mm-hmm. She's trying to see if this uh, life would suit her. Yeah, I appreciate it. I did as well. So while they're kissing, a song is playing and this takes us to the next scene where Constantine is dancing to said song. Woo! One final hurrah! He's dancing and drinking and celebrating because... Oh yeah, we didn't even mention, but uh, Eve also told him that Elaine is dead. (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna have this as a Russian corner... Um, because I thought it would be funny to have like a one minute Russian corner, but I decided just now not to do that. So I'll say it here. So Konstantin is dancing to a Russian song and it's called Malchik na Divyatke. And I would like to use this Russian corner that is not a Russian corner to ask for someone to please explain to me what Divyatka means in this context. I know it's like a nine, but what does a nine mean here? The song, by the way, is about, like, this girl is singing about how, hey, you 17-year-old boy, I'm not into you, I'm into this 25-year-old dude. It's fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would like to know what what this nine here means. And uh, would you kindly translate the uh, rest of the title for Oh, us? it's like, boy on the nine. It's like, I don't know, is it a street... Is it a car? What is it? From like this is me trying to guess from the rest of the lyrics, not just okay, okay. <laughs> being like what what seems like a nine to me. <laughs> anyway, the interesting part. So not just the help, please, people listening. I want to know this. Uh, is that this is apparently a popular song on Russian TikTok? Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. So. Imagine Constantine doing a TikTok dance. I <laughs> would enjoy that. Good. Imagine if he had a good relationship with Irina and mm. she taught him a TikTok dance. Oh. 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 That, oh. She would be doing TikTok dances if he paid attention to her when she was growing up, huh? Yeah. Did I hurt your little feelings? A little. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> <laughs> So, what happens in this scene? Pam comes with pizza. Yay, so nice of her Mm. to bring pizza. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, She sees that her bag is packed, kinda, and Constantine did this because they are running away. Mm -hmm. And this is because he thinks that Pam is too good for the 12. Agreed. Yeah. And she is very touched and she opens the pizza and this box of pizza includes a pizza <laughs> cutter and I was so confused the first time I was watching it. Mm. Now it makes sense uh-huh. in retrospect, but I was like, Did, do you just 
carry this around with you? Did you specifically go buy it for the pizza? Do they just put it in every pizza box? What's happening? Yeah, Naya, this is what they do in Margate. You know how we found out in the previous episode that they have those electric carts in supermarkets? (laughs) Well, at pizza places, you get the uh, pizza cutter. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, so Pam is quite emotional and she asks Constantine if he's scared of the prospect of them being chased by the Twelve. And yeah, he says basically that he is scared because that is just his status quo, that at every moment he is one step away from being killed by one of his associates. Mm -hmm. And then Pam gets super sad and she says that she doesn't want to be afraid like that and that she doesn't want Constantine to be afraid like that and then she murders him and when she said that she doesn't want to be afraid her solution is following the 12's rules and for Constantine the solution is to die (laughs) yeah Important detail is that before she murders him, mm-hmm. they hug. And it's like the hug is real. It's really lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also, she says, I'll always be grateful to you for helping me start a new life. So I guess saying something nice to her victim before she murders them <laughs> is her killing style. Yeah. 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 I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Having someone say something nice to you before you die, isn't that ideal? (laughs) (laughs) Probably. I mean, it would have been better if, like, for me, I would have preferred if she killed me in a faster way. But, (laughs) you know. But she is trying her hand at the inventive style of murder. I don't Mm -hmm. know if this is, like, literally in the 12 guidebook (laughs) or what. Like, every assassin must be very um, fun and creative. But, yeah, she, she did improve in this department from her last murder. Yeah. So, she does it. She cuts him in some places. And he's like... Oh, come on, Pam! (laughs) Basically. Yeah, he guesses that this is because of Ellen, and he tells Pam that Ellen is dead. Yeah. And then she really regrets some Mm -hmm. of her choices. (laughs) Like, maybe not letting Constantine tell her the big news. Yeah, but... Okay, this part I was kind of emotionally invested because the acting was really good, mm. but the story itself makes no sense, which really threw me out because, again, I mean, I guess Pam and Constantine don't know that this wasn't directly Elaine's kill, but still, doesn't it make sense that this might have come from somewhere higher up? And how does Pam know for sure that this was Elaine's idea just from getting the postcard? Yeah. Like, none of this makes sense that it yeah. would be that Elaine dying would make would change anything. I do also wonder if somehow, for some reason, in the next episode, we will find out who ordered Constantine's murder and why. Because mm. I can see... A reality where that just doesn't happen and yeah. now we just have this dead guy. Yeah. And I do want to say I was also emotionally invested in this scene 
up until the point where he says that he always loved Carolyn and there I'm just like, oh, come on, really? That's so cheap, really. Yeah, yeah. It's cheap that he says it, but I do also kind of believe it. Like, I believe it, but not in a sense that that's his final word. Well, his final words are that he's proud of Pam, so that's, that's really nice. That's better. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he says that he loves Carolyn and also he tells Pam that there is a letter for her and that, uh, can she please take it to her? Do you think the letter is just... I love you. (laughs) ...explaining that he loves her and he just is carrying it around in case he dies? No, it's gonna be, hello, I am the one. (laughs) (laughs) He has a list of all of the 12 leaders (laughs) and... Yeah, I don't know. A thing that I really like about this scene is I when I mentioned earlier that I really like Pam's outfit, here it's it gets all bloody mm-hmm. from the blood. killing of yeah, <laughs> from the blood of it all. <laughs> and it still looks so good. She looks yeah. so good. Yeah, God, yeah. like it's she, a good color combo. Mm, she looks so good in that outfit. I cannot stress <laughs> this enough. And it's such a great outfit, and then with the blood added, it's Oh, ideal. Yes. Woodwear. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. With the blood? Yes. So then we see Pam in a different outfit, which is also good. It's so good. And she is ready to leave. She has embalmed Constantine and given him a white rose. Yeah, she made the dead thing look nice. Yeah. Yeah, except that he bled out and now looks grey, but... It's fine. She didn't have <laughs> yeah. her equipment with her. Yeah. Yeah. And she is leaving. She sits next to the sea and kind of cries a little. Mm-hmm. It brings a tear to her eye, as the <laughs> saying goes. And then she... <laughs> to her cheek from her eye. <laughs> it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. <laughs> Maybe later. Then she gets up and leaves and throws a coke in the trash. <laughs> that, I guess, yeah. symbolizes the fact that she will never see Derek again. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just... You guys, I really hope that we get somehow, like, a satisfying resolution of Pam's story in the next yeah. episode. But I think next episode will have to be really focused mm. on even Villanelle, so I yeah, I, I don't know, I'm afraid. Yeah, I can imagine her just not being in the next episode, mm. and I hate that. Unfortunately, that's a real possibility. We see Eve going towards Gun's Island, so that's a very short scene that we get. Uh, she chose a boat with a motor as opposed to Villanelle, who rode there. <laughs> Speaking of the chosen boats... We then see that Gunn has broken apart the boat that Villanelle came in and is gonna use that for firewood. Yep. Because there is no wood <laughs> around them. Exactly. I thought that this was the only fun line in this entire episode. Oh, I thought no. it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I did also enjoy the scene of Villanelle waking up, seeing Gunn work out mm-hmm. and be like, Ugh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Eve would never. Gunn also put all of Villanelle's things in her cabin because Villanelle is sleeping there now. 
because Gun is very territorial. Gun wants to you haul immediately, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Villanelle is not so sure about it. Yeah. Yeah. Villanelle doesn't say anything yet, so they go into the cabin where they drink tea. And Gun smells Villanelle's head twice. No one and then she kisses, kisses her. It, but she also smells it when she kisses yeah. it. Okay. Yeah, which makes it weirder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we get this last very good dialogue, which is that Villanelle asks Gun what happens to her now that Elaine is dead. And Gun is like, I'm not working for Elaine, I'm working for the Twelve. Well, honey, why did you want Elaine dead then? Because, like, do you think that Elaine was just using you and the Twelve are not? <laughs> exactly, that's why it only makes sense she killed her for calling her an idiot. I just had a thought. Because what Gun was doing in this season was torturing and killing the Twelve. And that was actually, like, what Elena was doing, and it was Mm. her secret mission. And maybe Gunn actually really believes in the Twelve and loves the Twelve. And the only thing she figured out was that Elena was doing things against the Twelve instead of for them, and now she's happy again. Oh, you figured it out. Yeah, that unfortunately makes total sense. <laughs> I'm really sad that I figured it out. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad. I like that one thing makes sense. God, yes, I also like that this makes sense. Thank you. Uh, Villanelle does not like it so much, and she immediately gets up and leaves. I mean, she says that she's gonna leave, and Gunn is not into that. I do like that the reason Villanelle leaves isn't Gunn being possessive and too much. Like, she is kind of not into it, but she's still considering her options. But mm-hmm. as soon as Gunn is like, well, I love the 12, Villanelle is like, I'm out. Yep. I'm done with the 12. I'm gonna kill as many of them as I can. And I am leaving and you will never catch me. And she runs away and is so gleeful. Throws like a plate at her or something and then runs away. She's, yeah, she's so happy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's cute. To me, Gun looked terrifying Mm -hmm. in this moment because she was like so calm and Mm -hmm. didn't run after her immediately. She like slowly dressed herself and got her weapons and then slowly left. Yeah. The yeah. slowness of it was yeah. really scary. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. And at the same time, we see Eve coming to the island and walking around. Villanelle is running, Gun calls for her while she is still walking slowly, and then Eve sees Gun, and Gun sees Eve, and Gun says, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> But then Eve runs and Gunn runs after her. Villanelle at this point is kind of hiding. Does she see them or not? I couldn't yeah, really yeah. tell. Yeah. Yes. And Gunn catches Eve. Eve gives a little bit of a fight, but Gunn is too hardcore for her. And she is ready to chop Eve's head off. With a fucking machete. That's yeah. the weapon she chose. Yeah. Slowly and deliberately. And it all goes black. Which is a very stupid way to end the second to last episode of the show. It's very stupid. 
It's not yeah. a cliffhanger. Eve is not gonna die. Exactly. Like, what? <laughs> I mean, not this way. <laughs> not no now. No one thinks Eve is dying right now. Okay, I'm just yeah. gonna delete my prediction. <laughs> 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 oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> it would be fucking hilarious if Eve actually died here. I mean, she's not gonna, but it would be funny. And that's the episode. And that's the episode. Let's go to Uti. Uti, 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 Uti. In this episode, Villanelle wore three outfits. They are all in the same style and manner because she is doing her gun lifestyle, but let's go through it. There are some, like, at first glance, they look boring and the same, but if you pay attention to it, there's actually some fun stuff going on. I just had a thought. Uh-huh. Do you think that because Gun's name is Gun, she was like, I will never use a gun as a weapon, and that's all why all her weapons are so out there? Continue. <laughs> Likely. Okay, the first outfit is a poncho, which is very comfy and very big, and it's in many, many colors, like green, gray, brown, there are some red stripes, it's very cool. Also, it's hemmed, like, with the hemming stitch that you mm -hmm. see mm -hmm. uh, like on blankets and stuff yeah. which i thought was just really nice yeah it's quite big yeah yeah it's very big it's i mean villanelle is literally using it as a blanket while she's sleeping <laughs> and oh outside, i meant so. the hem is big but yeah. oh the hem yeah the hem is also big and underneath this she has a white knitted sweater and she is wearing boots from the hunter collection killing eve <laughs> ah. oh wow <laughs> Yep. How did you figure that out? Because, like, I remember that they had these boots, and these boots have a label on the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now we know what the point of those boots was. Yes, now mm. we know. And I couldn't see properly whether they are beige or brown, because if they are brown, then she wears a different pair in the last scene. Anyway, she's wearing also hunter boots in the last outfit but i couldn't figure out if it's the same pair or a different pair but i just think it would be fucking hilarious if she brought two pairs <laughs> of semi-designer boots in very similar colors to this island to live her off the grid life it's basically the only things that she could fit in that backpack of hers yeah, <laughs> yeah. two pairs of boots <laughs> <laughs> Uh, her second outfit is her hunting gear, where she is wearing some dungarees in green, and I think they're just green denim, and some t-shirt of some color, and over this she's wearing a <laughs> camouflage jacket and fingerless gloves, which is mm. a nice touch. Mm. And in her last outfit, she is wearing a matching green jacket and green pants it's a like a survival outfit but the green jacket is technically a crop top because <laughs> it's super short How uh, useful. And, <laughs> and i assume that there is no like useful reason to own a jacket like this even though <laughs> the pants did come up to the jacket but still it's a crop jacket Anything that is crop toppy is good and does not need to be useful. 
Yeah, this is like, I'm confused with this outfit. Is it supposed to be actually useful? Because there are all of these <laughs> zippers. Like, I think it's all just stylistic. Yeah. But also, I'm not sure because I'm not really familiar with clothes that have like a purpose. <laughs> so <laughs> it could be a legit like hunting gear or something. I don't know. I think both options are very funny. Either yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be a real survival outfit and it's actually a crop top <laughs> or she brought designer clothes <laughs> to the wilderness yeah <laughs> love it uh, love it and <laughs> she is also wearing probably the same boots as in the first outfit mm -hmm. which one is your favorite the first one my favorite outfit was pam's Pink boiler suit. Oh, mm. <laughs> uh -huh. I'll accept it. I will accept it. No, I, no, I no, want to no. take that. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna answer for real, actually. Because um, these Villanelle's outfits aren't like a standout loves of my life, but mm. I do like this style. So my favorite was also the first one. I love a big, comfy piece of clothing that is basically a blanket. <laughs> Good. Yeah. yeah, I'm just gonna go with the final one. Just mm. this crop top jacket really mm. took me out. Is that mm. a phrase that exists and means something? I think took so. Took you out on a date and yeah. treated you well. And then took you out <laughs> as in murdered you. <laughs> yeah, I just, um, I don't know. I just liked it. Like the crop jacket. All right. All right. What's next on the agenda? Ooh. My rating is a scene from the book Shadow Swans, a novel by Laura Thomas. In this scene, two young women... God, I hope I didn't misremember this because I read this so long ago. But in this <laughs> scene, two young women are in an underground tunnel. There's a lot of moisture. It's probably very dirty. And oh. they're in front of a camera. And they want to get in some secret tunnels. And they're super amazing idea for how to get in is to fuck in front of this camera <laughs> <laughs> so that they would confuse people enough to let them in and so this book is very bad I did not finish it but I just when I watched this episode for the first time it kind of like it's not as bad as this, this book but it was kind of <laughs> giving me the safe vibes of what the fuck is going on I am so confused <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I hope you misremembered it. That would be so funny. Oh, yeah. That would have been amazing. <laughs> In that case, your rating is your incorrect memory of that one scene from that one oh, book. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> my rating is the Tegan and Sarah song, Hold My Breath Until I Die. <laughs> it is a song that I don't particularly like. <laughs> <laughs> but I should say I do really like Tegan and Sarah uh, just not so much as I like Killing Eve but not this particular Ooh, episode nice as... parallel yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely intentional yes no it was <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> that is I was just looking for something that could work on that level oh okay mm, but also like this song is kind of about having these regrets 
uh, for doing something and then the person that you love left and you miss them and are, you're feeling lost and stuff. So I feel like that's a lot of what Eve is going through. A lot of it is kind of like what she was going through in the previous episode of like, oh, I did this stuff and now Villanelle is just leaving me. But I think like the feeling of being lost uh, makes sense for this episode. So that's my rating. Great. Um, my rating is unlike yours. Um, not at all based on the quality of this episode versus the media that I'm choosing. It's the TV show Yellow Jackets. Oof. Yeah, definitely not about the quality, huh? <laughs> <laughs> the reason I chose this is about 30% because I thought it would be kind of a crime to not mention Yellow Jackets on this podcast while we're still here. Because Yellow Jackets is a very good TV show, listener. It's a little creepy. A little. If you ask Nina, it's very creepy. Terrifying. It's basically, you know, the meme that's like, um, of course I support women's rights, but I also support women's wrongs. <laughs> I want to see some bitches making some bad decisions. <laughs> that's it. That's the show. It's true. There's implied cannibalism, which also happens in this episode. In, they're in like a forest nature setting in a cabin, which is also in this episode. And also, actually, the main thing is that while I love Yellow Jackets, for a lot of it, it feels like it could go wrong. Like, you know, sometimes you watch a really good TV show and you're like, this TV show is um, set up in a way that makes me trust that the writers can't really fuck it up that badly. Yellow Jackets is not that. It's like <laughs> always kind of teetering on the edge of like, I hope it continues to be this good and because there's also definitely the option that it becomes terrible. But so far it's doing very well. Indeed. But I did want to say that I relate to that a bit now because I think this last episode that is waiting for us could go either way. And I am crossing my fingers for Killing Eve and for Yellow Jackets to continue and finish well. And now it's time for a game. This game that we are playing tonight is If There Could Only Ever Be Three Songs <laughs> for Karaoke and each one of us would pick one of them, what would these three songs be? And then you must have a threesome after karaoke these three songs. No, you must have a protein shake. <laughs> okay. One or the other. <laughs> so, dear listener, we have decided off camera, off <laughs> mic, <laughs> to not consult with each other on like vibes or anything. We are not picking three songs that would make a well-rounded whole. We are just each picking a song and let's see how it goes. I can start. Do it. My song is Total Eclipse of the Heart mm. by Bonnie Tyler. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Thank you. Oh, you chose so well. Wow. Oof. 
Yeah. I appreciate your praise. My choice is Bruce Springsteen's Crush on You because mm-hmm. that is my dream karaoke song that I would karaoke to if I could sing. Okay, okay. So far, two different vibes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's pretty okay. <laughs> my song is Take Me Out by Franz Ferdinand. Oh, Ooh. okay, okay. Okay, wow, interesting choice. I feel it's, um, you know, you can really get wild to it yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. pretty good i think they're all like they're all fun options yes yeah nice job and now there are no other songs left in the universe <laughs> no just Sorry. for karaoke <laughs> all right just for karaoke yeah. okay what were your other options i had no other options nice <laughs> i was thinking my last idea was to choose only skin by joella musa <laughs> Mm-hmm, thought that would mm-hmm. be funny but um, my other <laughs> options were also take me to church because mm-hmm. uh-huh. I enjoy singing that at karaoke uh-huh. um, and something by Queen I felt mm-hmm. like it's illegal mm-hmm. to not have yeah. a song by Queen yeah, yeah. and like yeah, yeah. the obvious choice being Bohemian Rhapsody Everyone but loves singing that. I would probably yeah. choose Don't Stop Me Now mm, that's a good one yeah good one my other choice was Into My Arms by Nick Cave. <gasps> oh! <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. Okay, that's like, um, that would have been like a dramatic arc. Like, uh, yeah. on you yeah. into your arms, total eclipse of the heart. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Let's predict the ending of this entire show. <laughs> god. Oh my god. Okay. This is it. One this more. Babies. Our final predictions. Oh my god. Um, I mean, I predict that most of the plot lines and character arcs will be resolved unsatisfactorily. I hate that I don't have any good predictions because I feel like for the last episode it would be good to have something interesting. Um, but I'm just gonna go with the thing that I've been talking about for a while now, which is that Constantine is large. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no, but that one of them is gonna die and then the other one is gonna see that and die and then blah. Like the the Romeo and Juliet thing. But will they fuck first? I would like them to, but I don't know. Yes. My prediction is that if Eve and Villanelle don't kiss, I will disown this entire series <laughs> and tell everyone not to watch it. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> will we delete every episode of this podcast? Yes. <laughs> Um, no. <laughs> my prediction is that we will find out who is in the 12th and it will be very disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. Or alternatively, we will not find out who is the 12th and it will supposed to be this open ending and it's yeah. going to be unsatisfactory. <laughs> yeah, what if it's just like something that will allude to Carolyn going yeah. to find out more and it's just gonna be <laughs> the setup for the spin-off yeah yeah oh god please stop giving me those supernatural flashbacks god damn it <laughs> oh god okay that's that's fair <laughs> my prediction is that 
Pam will either end up in a place where she is happy and moving towards a good life or will meet a very tragic end. Mm-hmm. I truly think Pam is not going to be in the next episode, <laughs> which I feel like is the worst option. Definitely. So I hope I'm not right. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I think I would be surprised if she wasn't in it. Mm. My prediction is that even Villanelle never leave that island. Mm-hmm. Like I want them to. I think it it would kind of be more fun if they went somewhere else. But also, how are they going to do this in 40 minutes? I think mm-hmm. they're just going to stay there. Mm-hmm. But how will they find the 12 then? Maybe they're all there on the island. <laughs> it's the goats! <laughs> there are 12 goats! <laughs> Actually, Gun is the 12. Yeah, yeah. That's why she's not against them. <laughs> the circle theory. <laughs> <laughs> it's one person that's spinning. <laughs> Just like we saw in that second episode, or when was it, where Villanelle spinning with Then Jesus. in a different episode where Pam goes on that um, mm. Mm. ride. I mean, Constantine is dead, so I predict he will stay dead. Oh, ah, interesting. Mm. My prediction is that he turns into a vampire. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's too late to send any vibes. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Yep, if yep, time yep. travel is real, I'm sending vibes into the past. <laughs> Just vibes. <laughs> Just vibes. Vibe. Vibes only. <laughs> Thank you, dear listener, for listening to this episode of Queering Eve. We will record another one. We release new episodes when we can. Have a nice week and remember not to betray your own country. <laughs> From context, I would say in other languages, this would sometimes be used as like a... a bus. <laughs> Why did you think you knew what I was going to say? Sorry. It <laughs> 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 just seemed like you were going there. <laughs> it's um, a house number. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my thought too. No.